Warning, warning. Two idiots are riding east out of Valentine. Please cover your ears and await further instructions. Hello and welcome back to Discovering SCP. It's me, Gareth. Just kidding, it's Tanani. And it's me, um, Hosea Matthews. Nothing happens to me ever. And you I'm stole my bit. You stole my bit where I pretended to be a different individual. Um, See so you in fucking court. Sorry, it's me, Darth. You'll die I'm for this. Sad about some events in Red Dead Redemption Two. Really? And I'm also on an island now. I am. So you're still. still pl- Are you seriously playing Red Dead Redemption Two all by yourself? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I'm gonna be real. I hate playing games with other people now. That used to be the only way I play games. Now, unless it's like a fighting game and like a, a fun like. Party setting with friends. This guy was playing multiverses earlier today. For the record, I actually wasn't. I haven't. I haven't opened because it yet. I downloaded it. He wanted to though. I didn't open it because was, no one else. He was posting in chat. I will. Anyone be the chaggy to my Velma? Ooh, also, did you not hear what I just said? Where I said, unless it's a fighting. I game. heard it, but I chose not to absorb it. <laughs> I slash the asshole. Um, hey, it. Anyway, dick fucker. Are we reading something cool like back rooms again, or are we going back to SCP? We're going back to the SCP wiki, but I do have something I think you might like. No. Okay. We're going to go jumping I'm into listening. another canon this episode. For a little while. Is it the AI canon? Because Good Day was talking about it. It's not, it. no. I. Uh, it is. This isn't Good Day's podcast, is it? <laughs> Why do I keep doing this to myself? I'm like destroying. I'm like fucking. Yeah, I literally. Deku, fucking like, destroying my honey. body to get out a good bit. <laughs> for no reason, too. I was like, get some honey for your throat and try not this to guy. talk loud. This guy, he wanted me to go out like, into the woods to catch a bees so that I could nurture <laughs> myself on the next step. Like, you have to go to like Walmart and you can buy honey. There's no Walmart here. They don't have Walmart here. Like a, There's no honey. You can go to any grocery in in the English Isles and you can no. purchase a we bottle don't have bees like here. a bear filled with honey. We don't have bees here anymore either. The planet's in danger. <laughs> but Does, does anyone still have bees? <laughs> we don't. Please. They've gone extinct like years ago. No one realized. <laughs> At the <laughs> like old country <laughs> was like that- you guys still have bees, right? <laughs> yeah, that that'd be a good SCP actually. Is all the bees disappeared, so they like falsified documents. Just, about I regret bees, to inform you that this was also a Doctor Who plot point. <laughs> and they're like, and that's what starts the broken masquerade because all the countries realize no one has bees, and then they find out who's behind it. I imagine it was man. <laughs> yeah, but we are here anyway. for a canon. We just I, that was yeah, new canon. Aces and the eights is called. I will allow you... Oh, that's Sumerian's Cowboy King. Yeah, I figured I you would like that's this, all I know about given it. your current... I love... Woo! Even if I wasn't in the Red Dead, people don't know this about me. Um, and, it, and it's also... It's a weird thing about me, because I actually have watched and read very little of the Old West, but I really like Old West and cowboy aesthetic. And every time I say that, some smartass has to like point out about how problematic the Old West was. I'm not saying it's not... But the Old West is a cool-ass aesthetic. Am I wrong? He's not wrong. Cowboys pulling guns out and dusty, and If you disagree, then just come over here, corridors. partner. Let's talk a moment. I, I saw I you watched, in Blackboard. Uh, you have a bunch of fellers. <laughs> I watched Fistful of Doll- Dollars, and Clint Eastwood had a cigarette or a cigar in his mouth literally the entire movie. I don't think it was ever out of his mouth. It was so funny. Well done to him. I'm sure, I hope you yeah. enjoyed it. 
You'll be your last um, smoke, friend. <laughs> but um, we're not here to talk. I guess we are here to talk about the old west. Okay, how many articles do we have? Well, we have first this link that is like the aces and eights because it's all like there's a little intro bit here that will set up this little universe we're going to be jumping into. So why don't you? Uh, why don't you take this bit while I like? I will climb into my back to tank. I have I have a question, however. Of course. Um, one, should we still do those news updates we've been doing at the start of episodes? Oh, or fuck. Has it been we've been meant to be doing news updates. Uh, yeah. Extra, extra, SCP-7000 contest starts. Winner yet to be decided. Yeah, there we go. 7000 contest has started. Arc 8 finished in Aetheral Space. <laughs> I have been working on a secret. Did you know that the Culinary Institute of America is the CIA? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Is that a real? I just saw like popped up on my YouTube like recommended CII major in a minute applied food studies. I was like, wait, what? I want to join the Culinary Institute of America and be like, yeah, I'm in the CIA. Yeah, it's having the CIA. What's going on here? (laughs) They wouldn't let you in. You're not an America idiot. If I had CIA identification, Um, they would think I was like some like fucking L from Death Note brought in to like figure it out. The investigator, the health inspector. It seems we have no choice um, but to enlist the help of Tavni. <laughs> but anyway, only, uh, anyway, I've stole all I can. We need to start reading. We're five minutes in. The o- the only other news. All right, never mind. We'll just read. Okay. Um. So you just want me to read this, this canon? The little thing? newspaper bit. Do I have to play the YouTube video? No. Okay. <clears throat> The Baltimore Star, Baltimore, Friday, December 6th, 1867. Oh, it's like actually in the Old West. Half a cent. How the fuck do you pay half a cent? Um, is it a eight penny? Is that what that is? How do you pay half a cent? <laughs> I had to stop it. The law is over. Enough. General Lee surrenders to General Sherman in Richmond. It may be lost on my readers, given the exaltation you must be experiencing with the knowledge that you are no longer refugees. But an unexpectedly rainy day is all that separates those who still live from the cold reality of our current landscape. Recall the first battle of Gettysburg. Rain and wind blanketed the battlefield on that most unkind day. There are still legends of Dark Riders, the mythical 682nd, which brought death and darkness along with them. Is that a 682? It is, yes. Epic. Uh... (laughs) This is a falsehood of the highest order, I assure you. The Union Array, under the incompetent General Meade, allowed Lee free reign, and they slaughtered the Army of the Potomac almost to the man. No greater loss of life has ever occurred on this continent, and may never again. To say that our optimism for a quicker end to the war was shattered in that moment would be an understatement. But I would myself be retelling a falsehood if I said that I expected the total obliteration of our fine city before war's end. That it would come within days of the signing of the terms of surrender it is itself an appalling fact. I would venture to say that the terms of that surrender border on a victory by the South. With the exception of outlawing of slavery in the southern states, they have given the Union nothing, and the demand that President Lincoln resign his position was only less preposterous than the fact that the terms were accepted. Even wait, what? Uh, I've been like so. Wait, is this an A? It is yes. Uh, is this like an AU where, like, the South won? What is going on? I'm a little lost. You've been reading what's going on. I know, but I... I you always think that I can't do a voice and focus at the same and time. I'm right. For once, you would have been correct. And, no, I usually can, but I'm still a little fucked up from last night. 
Okay, hold on. So, time out. So, what's been going on? Um, well, it's uh, the, the, the war got more fucked up. There was, like, the mythical 6-8 second, which fucked up the Gettysburg. Oh, my God. So, is it, like, the war still ongoing? Well, it, don't know. What does it say at the top of the page? <laughs> General Lee surrenders to General above that, Sherman. In big, in, above that in bigger letters. The war is over. There you go. <laughs> Oh, well, if General Lee surrendered, that means the South still lost. It was just like a bloodier war. Mm. Wait, and it was already a pretty bloody war, if you weren't aware. I didn't know that. I thought it was pretty peaceful. The war was nasty business. <laughs> I, I didn't realize it. Was, I thought I didn't realize it was such a civil war. <laughs> they call it a civil war, and it was anything but. I tried to have a conversation with a guy. He shot me full of buckshot. What's going on? If you if you ever had to go to high school in America, you had at least one history teacher that said some corny shit like that. Even now, he boards a train headed west, leaving behind the graves of his family and innumerable Union soldiers. He is perhaps never to be seen again in the civilized world. And so it must be with myself also. The raising of Baltimore was complete and abiding, dear reader. This last edition is being printed on borrowed presses in our nation's capital and distributed distributed to you in whatever refugee camp you inhabit. The Union has seen fit to give the survivors of the raising a sum of $50 and the promise of land in the West. I will myself go there to find my fortune or my death. As I enter this new period of my life, I would like to thank you for your patronage. If you are to ever find yourself in Riddle, Wyoming, pass me by without a word. I do not wish to be reminded of this chapter of my life. Um. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Hang on, I have to look up how much fifty dollars is worth in eighteen sixty-seven. How much is fifty dollars in eighteen sixty-seven to now? That would have been um um one thousand seven hundred and eighty-five dollars. So not chump change, but not really enough to redo your whole life yeah. by any means. Um. <clears throat> Astounding Tales. Well, you don't need to read that entire, that bit. <laughs> That's the list of all... have to read a letter from the editor and not, the spoiler Not letter. really. Yeah. That's just, this is just sort of the brief of what like what the status of this setting is. So basically, Civil War was bloodier, Lincoln resigned from being president, and there are... Bloodier and implied to have been anomalous, though, yeah. Yeah. Wait, what was implied to be anomalous? Well, was the, the, the war. Yeah. Yeah, an entire city got fucked up. Baltimore. Yeah. Rip. Imagine if Baltimore was real. Um, there's a whole song called "Do It for Baltimore." What's the What's the band? Uh, the Winkies. By All Time Low, of course. You're an All Time Low. <laughs> Let's get into it. I am at an All Time me, Low after last night. Let me send you the first that we'll be looking at today. There's a strange energy yeah, on this podcast right now. Um, <laughs> Well, including what we've just read, it's free. What's it free? What, what is going on with me? Oh, Jesus Christ. I know I said I'd do the heavy reading lifting because of your throat, but I'm looking at how long this is, and I'm thinking that perhaps Sumerian should have said less because this is really long. Well, we'll see what time we're at when we're the further we go. All right. <clears throat> also, I was kidding, Sumerian. I'll happily read this story. So this is, now hollow fires burn out to black and yeah. whites are guttering. I'm waiting, though. And by Dr. Sumerian. It's can, a tale. Can I read Ooh, I like the um, the first bit in my presidential impression? Yes. <clears throat> uh, let me be clear. 
Four score and 11 years ago. <laughs> uh, father's brother. It's not even a good Obama. He just, uh, let me be clear. Let me, let me, let be, me clear. clear. Our father's brother. <laughs> I can't do an Abraham Lincoln, Barack Obama impression. Four oh, score and 11 years ago, our fathers brought forth on this land a new nation, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Its portion of the battlefield is where a great man, only one year past, laid down his life for this nation. The normal course of our lives has become steeped in death. Engaged as we are in the great civil war, we lay down our lives in defense of the propositions of our fathers. That equality and freedom has beget strife and discord is a cause for despair. But the land under our feet is proof that we must stand steadfastly beside these principles. This land flourishes. It receives the sun and yields up the fruits of the earth. Only one year past the greatest loss this nation has ever known, the land grows. I do not say this to diminish the memory of those that fought here. Great men consecrated this land with blood that will call out to us until eternity falls and we await God's judgments. Yet their loss did not destroy this land. It did not render unto us the fruits of that violence. Like our fathers before us, those who lost their lives here gave their fullest devotion to the principles of freedom. It is in their names that we must devote ourselves fully to the preservation of these principles. We must bring forth on this land a new birth of freedom. We must come together with our brothers and ensure that the opposition of our fathers does not pass forever from this land. I, I, that's not an Abraham Lincoln impression. That was just sort of a generic, old-timey politician voice. If anything, that was... That was the murder um, of Springfield, I'm pretty sure. No, that was like uh, John F. Kennedy from... Clover. Exactly. <laughs> it was John He's F. Kennedy. I have traveled back four score and seven years ago. To set things right, Abraham Lincoln 867 remarked at Gettysburg on the one-year anniversary of the assassination of Ulysses S. Grant and the Second Battle of Gettysburg. The worst part about this canon is I do not remember enough about the Civil War that I will be able to tell what things are different. I'm going to assume this will I'll be straightforward now. I'm going to, like, p- there's going to be something, and I'm not going to know if that's, like, part of, like, what he fucked with or if that happened. Carefully, I mentioned I the Gulf I'm of pretty California. sure Ulysses S. Grant was not assassinated. I, I don't think he was assassinated. Well, I think I could say that. Like, that's not a big achievement. I'm pretty sure he wasn't, too. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying, going forward, I have a feeling there'll be shit I'll miss that's supposed to be like, ooh, anomaly. All right. <clears throat> the sun was sinking low on the horizon when the president stopped speaking. If for no other reason than avoiding an assassination of his own, she thought it was a good idea when he left to reboard the train that had brought him directly to the stage. Private Joanna Kirkland finished clapping and looked around for the newspaperman. That a gaggle of men had followed the first suffragette brigade to various events had bothered her only in that she went to fight because there supposedly weren't enough fighting men left in script. She thought about the president, his speech, and the days to come. Am I echoing in your mic, Dan? I don't think so. I am ever so slightly. I can hear myself. I don't know why. I have not altered anything that I do. That's just the sound of your voice in your head. Because you're insane. Smile. <laughs> I, don't fuck with me right now. His speech in the days to come. The sec I can hear it. I can't. Well, Alright, move your mic it, further away from your speakers. Okay. Or turn the mic I'm not going to speak because I don't know what the fuck yours on. I've got headphones on. Turn, turn, turn your mic down ever so slightly then. What if you turn my mic down? Don't you have like a dial on your mic? No. It's on or it's off. 
That's not, it should be a way to turn it down. All right, then just turn down your, your volume slightly so I don't come out as loud for you. Can you hear yourself now? Testing. No, we're good now. Private Joanna Kirkland finished clapping and looked around for the newspaper. Uh, okay, no, here we are. She thought about the president and his speech in the days to come. The sack of Richmond had turned the war against the South, perhaps for good this time. In days, she imagined, she would be fighting the Southern bastards in Maryland under General Sherman. She gave only... Is that a reference to Thesham, or am I just, like, too, like, SCP vision right uh, now? Let me Google General Sherman. Let's, oh. I, see, that's going to be some shit where he's, like, a famous Civil War general, and every nerd's going to be like, oh, he doesn't know who, who General Sherman is. I regret is. to inform you, he is indeed a famous Civil War general. All right, well... Add it to the list. <laughs> don't add it to the list. Anyone who, add, who comments then, I'm going to post the nerd emoji <laughs> under your comments. Uh, she gave only a little thought to what she might do after the war. Maybe go back to Pennsylvania. Maybe go into the West. You're reading like you're in school here in like the Civil War. Like, well, someone was certainly a big Aces and Eights fan. Proceed immediately to Rental, Wyoming. Stop. Investigate loss of several agents and parcels. Stop. Local law enforcement providing assistance. Stop. Keep logs of all activities throughout. Telegram to Agent Kirkland from the Office of the Union Investigative Unit, 1878. Mark Mayfield and Jim Johnson wondered at the beauty of the eclipsed sun, staring a bit too long at the sky. The hoofbeats of a horse that wasn't hitched to their postal wagon stood out from the sudden silence. Both looked down at the horse's rider. A single man, unarmed, galloped towards them on a black horse. Neither man raised their rifle to draw a beat on the rider. Neither man wished to provoke a violent end, nor appear to be fearful in the eyes of the other. The rider came closer. Joseph cleared his throat. It's a frightful day to be riding alone. What, uh, what business have you with us? Orpher, is that you? The rider didn't... <coughs> what? Orpher, is that you? It's a pretty good Arthur, isn't it? <laughs> Do you want my jump? <laughs> <laughs> I did like your jump. The rider didn't respond or slow down. He was almost upon them now. Both men gripped their rifles a bit tighter. The rider failed to slow. The eclipse was still ongoing, and in the darkness they couldn't make out the details of the man's face. Phillips felt sure, though, that the man was branded across both cheeks and along his hands and arms. The two men relaxed when the rider passed them by. Joseph looked at Philip and shook his head in amusement as the left side of his face exploded outward in a bloody spray. Philip's motion to turn around and face the now-stopped rider was interrupted by a bullet entering and exiting his neck. He slumped over, gurgling a protest. The gunman produced a match from his pocket and struck it near the canopy of the ba on the back of the wagon. The cloth lit up immediately, and in a few moments, the entire back of the wagon was ablaze. He didn't even rob the stagecoach. He was just violent for no reason. What a piece of shit. <laughs> That's how it is in the, in the West. Damn. That's just the Western living. The horses <laughs> Welcome the to Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like, it's like in the Wild West. He's like, "Welcome to New York." <laughs> well, well, well! Look at who came on down to Pennsylvania. We do things a little different here, son. <laughs> Either out of fear or sensing the heat, neighed and bolted down the road, carrying the men and burning cargo along with them. The rider smirked under a wide-brimmed hat and dropped the pistol he'd used. It disappeared before it reached the ground. Before the sun began to peek out from behind the moon, the man himself had also vanished. 
Hell's own train ride, I surmise, would be less troubling than that which I undertook last night. From sundown to sunrise, horsemen engaged in dogged pursuit of the locomotive. Hidden in the darkness as they were, the men proved impossible to identify. A fellow passenger with more laudanum than scent. I don't know what the fuck laudanum is. Help me, Ken. I don't know what that is either. <laughs> I imagine it's like courage. Right, Google it while I continue reading. Probably. Or like balls. Laudanum than scent spoke of their pursuit as a regular occurrence. The trainmen did not seem particularly flummoxed by the development. Perhaps she recited some okay, It was uh, the 10% solution of opium powder and alcohol. <laughs> nice. In a sense, I guess it's courage. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Regardless, the rise of the sun also brought with it a nearness to our destination that made sleep a forlorn hope of its own. My vigilance overnight has evolved into a sense of weariness that will only be sated after the full development of my day's task. I hope this deviation from routine was not as much of a folly as I suspect. Excerpt from the Journal of Agent Joanna Kirkland, August 9th. 1878. I gotta be honest, my throat is already dead and dry, and we're not even, like, a third of the way down the scroll bar, Tan. Can I, like, get a drink? Uh, sure. Would you entertain the audience temporarily with your bruised throat? Okay, give me one. We've been through a lot, dear viewers, and there's still more to come. (laughs) But don't worry, I will be with you till the end. Ain't that swell? Sure is. <laughs> um, so I've been having a nice couple of days. I've been off work for a little while recently, and I've just been enjoying myself, if I'm honest. Um, I don't know what else to say, really. Um, I've been having a nice time, been hanging out with my friends, um, some some guys in the Discord. I've been looking after my dogs. Um, you may have heard it in the background of this episode already. Um, you yellow belly son of a bitch. Micah! Micah! I hate Micah so much, but we're focusing on... Um, uh, we're going to have to cut that out. He's actually talking about one of our viewers named Micah, so... No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> Micah from RDR. Can you stop trying to sabotage my social credit, bro? <laughs> bro, we are teens. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's funny because it doesn't make sense. Bro, we are teens. Problem? <laughs> Bro, we, we are Gleemore. We're sure we're going to find them, Kirkland. <laughs> Agent Kirkland said one unsteady foot on the landing. She followed that step with another. No one gave her a second glance as she disembarked and dragged a bag behind her containing most of her belongings. It thumped onto the landing as she left the train. Agent Kirkland looked up at the town in front of her and rested her left hand on the pistol at her hip. The town's construction was haphazard, with hasty construction peppering the main thoroughfare. The majority of businesses appeared to be performed out of or inside the dozens of tents pitched along the mud road. A cluster of buildings halfway down that road was her destination. Joanna hefted the bag over her shoulder and leaned forward when a bald man in a dusty but expensive coat stepped in front of her and produced a bottle with a bright red and white label carrying the name Dr. Wonder's Miracle Cure-All. Dr. Wondertainment! Is this our Wondertainment? I was about to say, is this our Wondertainment? I, I, it would seem so. Is this just ye old foundation? Is that well, there's no foundation as part of it. It's, it's like... Ye old anomalies? Yeah. 
Or I guess what I'm implying is, what I'm trying to ask is, is this implying that these, like, anomalous things have been around for a very long yes. time, or is this like, oh, it's like the Foundation setting, but in the Old West? No, 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 think about it as, like, an alternate universe. This isn't, like, a prequel to what we know, basically. This is like, Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. So this is an AU where these things exist in the Old West, rather than just implying Dr. Wondertainment's, like, 300 years old. Yeah. Well, he probably is 300 years okay. old, anyway, but... <clears throat> Jonah waved her hand and moved to go around the man when he stepped once more into her path. <clears throat> Fuck, can you do a Josiah impression so I can do Trelawney's voice for this? Because that'd be perfect. Uh, Good day to you, Arthur. Arthur. There it is. That's the voice. He lifted the bottle up as he inched forward. Good lady. Good lady. Oh, I believe you could... St- <laughs> do you want to just do sure. it? I mean, Good lady. I believe you could stand the benefit from Dr. Wonder's curative tonics. Your countenance betrays your weary nature. Joanna rolled her eyes and stopped. I'm sorry, you have me at a loss, Mr. Cousin, we may not yet be acquainted, but I have here. He motioned the bottle with his free hand. The one thing you truly need, if not desire. Mr. Cozen, my countenance is no one's business but my own. I have important matters to discuss with the marshal. If you would kindly remove yourself from my path and inflict your opinions on other visitors, I would appreciate the favor. Mr. Cozen seemed to ponder this for a moment Rouge. and then stepped to the side. <laughs> Joanna walked past him, dusted herself off, and continued down the thoroughfare towards the city marshal's office. <clears throat> Dear Mrs. Kane, it is with a heavy heart and great sorrow that I must report to you the loss of your son. Sergeant Kane was a good soldier and a great friend to those under his command. I feel the need to impart to you the level of heroism your son displayed during the Second Battle in New York. When his position was overrun and those under his command faced certain death at the hands of the Confederates, he led a piercing action through the enemy lines. If not for that bravery, his men would have likely perished. It was brought to my attention that Jacob's brother was also lost in the same battle, but as part of the opposing force. I cannot imagine the level of grief you must feel at this time, and only wish to offer my condolences. Please know that even as this war continues, these lives are not lost in vain. Excerpt of a condolence letter. Captain Malcolm Fisher, the Army of the Potomac, 1867. I'm thinking you're right, we are not going to get all three of these articles in here. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing my yeah, best. Yeah, I just right? mean, I just, I just mean longer than I um, <laughs> reading length is different. Like, God damn, like, this guy puts too many words. So if I'm understanding, we're getting a sort of memento thing where there's one, one like every time there's a line in a yellow, we're getting a new perspective, a la Aetheral space lines. Yeah, right. <laughs> guy, he's only read Aetheral okay. space. Get, Fuck get, it, get, you know get, what get I mean? Okay, okay. Space from this I, can't do, I can't do it anymore. I can't. I need you on my side. I'm sorry. Last night you said I was your friend. I need That's you why to I be do on these things side. to make you stronger. <laughs> Have you seen that meme? It's like how to talk to anxious people. It's like pace around for no reason, <laughs> yell at them, criticize. Have you seen the one where it's like trip saving someone and then like, did you? <laughs> isn't it crazy that hell is real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I retweeted that. <laughs> it's like replies like, I'm, "You're going to be like this forever." <laughs> this is completely divorced and if you're actually uh, tripping while listening to this podcast I'm now in the room with you yeah and so are the hat men 
My strongest soldiers. <laughs> they just, are my servitors. <laughs> Alright. Just as Jacob said it, he knew he'd provoked a response he wouldn't appreciate. But he'd said it anyway. Jacob's partner was cooking a snake over the fire at the small camp they'd set up, overlooking the mine. Their horse was already saddled, and the bags along the side were weighted down with gold. The old man cocked an eyebrow and scoffed. And I expect you think that makes you different. Rum, the younger man stood up from the fire. Different from me. From the rest of the poor souls traveling the wastes. It doesn't as far as I've seen. Endear me to my fellow man. Something I've come to accept. Not special, the old man poked at the fire. Nobody wants to be different than they was. We spend our lives trying to move forward without letting the air or water or fucking earth we pass through alter us in some way. I'm not talking about alteration. Then what the fuck are you talking about? Jacob reached down and grabbed his rifle and canteen. I just don't want to change. Yeah, you and every other poor sod that's walked the earth. But that mine, the old man pointed to the opening behind them, that'll change any man. There's gold in there. There's gold in them hills. There's gold in them hills. You missed that one. A few Try weeks and, A few weeks of this and maybe I won't have to live like a prehistoric. This is this is us um, getting the funds to create Tan Honey Towers in 1867. <laughs> <laughs> if we just go to the man once, Arthur, Arthur, Darnell, listen. Arthur. If we just go once, it's the last job. I do not want to live it up. like a prehistoric Arthur. <laughs> <clears throat> Jacob walked to their house and hugged his canteen and rifle along the side. This ain't how they lived. How the fuck would you know? I'm just saying, this living feels a bit too comfortable. A little too safe. Jacob mounted the horse in one swift motion. I figure they'd be watching the horizon looking for danger. Yeah, well... You ain't got a warrant out on you for murder, so the horizon probably feels a mat more welcoming. I'll accept that as a possibility, but if I don't make the horizon in the next couple of hours, you'll be stuck digging in the ground all by your lonesome. Shit, you make riddle every night without a hitch. Get fed, get fucked, and get back on the road, the old man winked. And if you think you can convince one of those male girls to come back out with you, I'd appreciate it. Jacob laughed and turned his horse to go. Mission accepted. My precious butterfly, when the Confederates overran us at Gettysburg, I thought I'd spend the rest of my life searching for the kind of peace and tranquility I had the night before the battle. We were all so certain of our righteousness, yet there I lay in the mud afterwards, trying to come to terms with the loss. I've never told you about that battle or the horrors that we suffered in captivity. I did not feel the need to lay that burden on your shoulders, yet you have lightened it somewhat. If I'd known then that one day I'd have found one such as you, I could have endured a thousand years of captivity with those southern bastards, and a thousand more besides. Even with the war's end, I failed to find tranquility, but my love, you have brought peace to my heart. The house in which our family will be blessed and born is finally built. The arrangements are made with the Jennings Coach Company. Pack up your things and bid San Francisco a fond farewell. The town of Riddle has need of your light. Last night I slept well. I await your arrival and the start of a new life together. Riddle's the town that's like all tense, yeah. right? With love and always yours, Conrad Drake. For the sake of my mental image, I'm just going to pretend it's like the Valentine's. Yeah, I was also picturing Valentine's, to be honest. 
<laughs> it's a lovely little town. Little town. <laughs> um, would you hit the bank in Riddle? <laughs> I would. <laughs> I would. I need to show you something on screen. Oh, okay. Sure, by all means. Professional already, like, I don't post behavior. I don't know how you do all the reading. I know this is an exceptionally long tale, and it's not a bad one, but like I'm like dying inside um, mentally from all this reading. I don't know how much longer I can hold before I have to popcorn it to you, so I hope you've been drinking your tea while I've been in the... I've, been, in the I, I've ripped a bee in half and suckled at the wound. I'm, I'm suggesting if you can do it quickly, perhaps you should go make some tea because I, I cannot make it much quickly, longer. But I can read. These British people. It'll be like Todoroki not... versus Deku. I don't know why all my analogies are fucking My Hero Academia all of a sudden. <laughs> this guy loves... Is it because that I posted that thing of you with like All Might from like 2017? It might be. Subconsciously that might be it. <laughs> I unlocked it. Do you know the person you know as Tanhening does not exist. He is simply a reaction to phenomena. Vigilantes ended. Did you read Vigilantes? Uh, what? Oh, I, I didn't know, but I heard it was actually pretty good. It's actually, it's actually better than the main story, in my opinion. It's pretty good, and it's finished. Oh. Check uh, it out. Anyway, we were Sponsors. reading. Sorry. Hashtag, Riddle hashtag Town, ads. Marshall Conrad Drake. What? Hashtag ads. <laughs> hashtag ad. Um, My Hero Academia. Uh, who's the who's the mangaka for that? Do I give a swag? Um, Kohei Horikoshi will take our money, please. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, you ready? Yeah. Riddle Town, Marshal Conrad Drake's hand twitched. The man on the other end of the bar stared at Conrad with a practiced eye. They both knew this would come to a showdown. The room, previously roiling with noise, was silenced in anticipation. Then, the man on the other end of the bar grabbed his shot glass and downed it followed by Conrad. The two men continued their stare-down while Joanna watched from the front door of the bar, and the man Conrad had been drinking with passed out. The onlookers rolled their eyes and went back to their own drinks and games. Conrad used the bar to steady himself as he reached into his pocket, pulled out a small red capsule, and swallowed it, always doing something anomalous. Is that his dead-eye pill? Wait, is he taking a red pill? Dan? He's gonna go down the rabbit hole. The marshal noticed Joanna looking at his badge as she approached him. Uh, Can I be the sheriff? What was the voice I'll take the load off you. I'll be the sheriff. The marshal, even. Well, he was the guy that I just read the note from oh. last time, but I forgot his voice. Well, I'll give him a new voice. You remember? Alright, go ahead. Well, Agent Kirkland. Very different from the first voice. <laughs> his throat was parched before. Joanna nodded. I went to On your office and was locked. She paused. A reprobate outside said he was awaiting the conclusion of your business here so that he could be arrested. Oh, that's just Philip. Man has a propensity for public urinating. <laughs> Didn't Philip get murdered by that writer? Uh, or is this a different Philip? I don't know. Maybe it is. This is that one on linear storytelling. Hmm. Yeah, this is too mental for my ass. I noticed my own damn fault for having Miss Lula cook him his meals. Man ain't never had it as good as he does himself myself.
Joanna picked up the empty shot glass in front of Conrad and examined it. Regardless, I would speak to you in the privacy of your office, if you have concluded your business here. Marshal Drake looked at the bartender. Tell Miss Lula I'll settle up next time I'm in. <laughs> and thank her for the cornbread. <laughs> oh, that cornbread. Joanna and Conrad both walked out the door of saloon number 19 into the street. Can you entertain for one moment while I deal with this animal? Go ahead, deal with the I'm animal. sorry. Just be careful. He used to be human, you know. Guys, I'm tired, beaten down, uh, exhausted from reading about half of this tale. I don't know how much more I can do. I mean, last night, Tanhony and I got uh, pretty messed up, and I am suffering the consequences of that decision. So please, lend me your strength, um, and don't hate me uh, if I have trouble with this article. But, for what it's worth, uh, it's interesting so far. I think if I wasn't so, like, mentally exhausted, I would have an easier time through reading it. Um, but, you know, I like cowboy stuff. Um, and so far, Sumerian isn't disappointing. I like the little changes, like the suffer get is pretty cool idea. And a bunch the issue has been resolved. Didn't know about. Uh, was it Rocky or it was, was it the other one? Paddy. Paddy. Alright, that's the that's the yippin' dog. Yeah, he, he's old though, so it can't be mad at him. Oh, Paddy. <clears throat> Mother, I yet live. I cannot tell you where I am. Me, or whenever I, I come home from work. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Abe is not well. We met by purest happenstance on the battlefield in New York. He fought for his home and died for my principles, yet our bond of brotherhood proved stronger than death itself. I do not think the East will be a safe place for us anymore, regardless of who succeeds in this horrid war. My time here is limited. I write this letter only to inform you of our survival and to impart the news of Abe's health. We will stay here until he is well enough to travel. Please give Iris our love. Wait a minute, is this supposed to be like Cain as in Cain and Abel and Iris as in the, the photo lady? Maybe. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. I didn't catch that. That's probably... That's it, isn't it? You're smart. That's what I'm thinking. Am we're, I? We're probably missing some other people then. We probably, like... There's probably been many references so far that we just haven't understood. I'm, I'm sure Joanna and Conrad are also both yeah. people we might not know. Joanna. Your I don't know what Joanna Your loving son... Jacob Kane. Who's who would be Joanna? Is there anyone named Joan or I don't Jane? think so. Joan of Arc. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the famous anomaly, Joan of Arc. Jacob Kane could hear the sounds of riddle behind him as he left. The horse under him rebelled almost as much as he had at the thought of leaving before the sun rose. Still, if he was to add to the deposit at the bank tomorrow, he'd need to hurry. He whipped the horse once and finally got underway. The landscape of Wyoming's red desert spread out before him, and the cool night air encouraged him onward. Jacob crested a hill just in time to see a group of riders on black horses trailing behind the incoming train. Isn't that the... Yeah, I was going to say, isn't that the 682nd division or whatever? Maybe. <clears throat> I don't know if they'll be the, first, the only people riding black horse in the world, but I don't imagine... This would be repeated. They bought the $800 horse in Sandini. <laughs> They're ready. Jacob's heart jumped into his throat at the sight, and he pulled his horse to turn around. 
The horse, however, neighed in distress at the very sight of the riders and threw him to the ground. Uh, I think something's going on, Tan. Jacob tried to hold on, but the horse ripped itself from Jacob's grasp and bolted away. Jacob grabbed his forehead in pain and felt a slick wetness on his skin. He shook his head, reached for the pistol on his hip, and checked to see if it was loaded. Three riders had broken from their pursuit of the train at the sound of his horse and were now headed in his direction. He had five shots. Jacob knelt down at the top of the hill and targeted the lead rider. As he pulled the trigger, he knew his first shot had missed. He pulled the lever back for the second shot and pulled the trigger. The lead rider slumped in his seat but remained upright. The remaining two riders began to fire back at him with their own pistols. He tried to crouch down further, but a bullet caught him in the shoulder. He flew backward and rolled down the hill, screaming in pain. He lay there, only half-conscious as the riders drew closer. Then, as the sun's first rays shone over the horizon, he passed out. Um, <clears throat> the town marshal is a drunkard who speaks of inanities as fact. I believe he missed his calling as a rider. The fantastic tales he has spun while we've investigated the attacks have been, at the very least, entertaining. He is currently regaling several prisoners with a story of how he destroyed a creature of the night with feline urine and silver bullets. Following the telling of this tale and the conclusion of my meal, we will seek out a prospector at the doctor's office down the street. Reportedly, this prospector was brought in this morning, half delirious, and speaking the name Virgil Jones. Mr. Jones is a known road agent, wanted in the Dakota Territories for stagecoach robbery. If this young man knows where to find Mr. Jones, I will bring him in for questioning. Excerpt from the Journal of Agent Joanna Kirkland, August 9th, 1878. Oh, so this is like ten years later. Um, who, is Jones a reference to anything? I don't know. I, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna figure these out as we go. I think people are gonna have to print these out in the yeah. comments. I got a, I got a, I, uh, mine was a fluke, sorry lads. Alright, um, I'm, I lost my place scrolling down to see how long. It's right after, except for the general agent, Joanna Kirkland, he says here. I'm growing weak, Tan. How good is your throat right now? Because I don't know how much more of this I can do. Puts a hand on your shoulder and pulls you away. It's been hard. (laughs) And what? You're like, Tanity. You can't, your throat. But your throat! (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's a scene exactly like that in, like, Jujutsu Kaisen. (laughs) It is a scene exactly like that in almost every No, but I mean, like, literally, it's his throat as well. He's yeah, the guy who like does the magic speaker, words. Right? Yeah, he's like he actually yeah. says like your throat. You can't. <laughs> All right, continue. Benito flakes. <clears throat> Let's go. Conrad and Joanna entered the infirmary. The floors were covered in blood and a variety of other dried liquids. The whole place smelled strongly of formaldehyde and death. Formaldehyde, formaldehyde. and death. Like what they do to preserve dead bodies. Yeah. Jacob Kane lay on a bed in the back of the room. He whimpered to no one. Joanna turned to Conrad and whispered, Seems like an ideal situation for a doctor. It would be if we still had one. We wired to Cincinnati about the whole mess, but until some enterprising fella decides to come this way, I think we're going to be shit out of luck. Joanna walked up to the bed of the man and took his hand. Hello, can you hear me? Jacob looked up at Joanna and smiled. I can, ma'am. Who shot you? Jacob looked over at the marshal for a moment before continuing. I didn't see their faces. The gentleman who brought you in said something about Virgil Jones. Ah, yeah. We have a gold claim out in the desert. All the deposits at the bank are under my name. I was hoping someone could see to them getting transferred. Where's the claim? An old man. Marshal can tell you where. 
Joanna looked up at Conrad, who nodded. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. You mind if I talk with Marshal of Spell? I got some other business to put in order. Of course. Joanna stood up and let Jacob's hand go. She moved the dust off her shirt but smeared blood across it instead. She stopped for just a moment before composing herself and leaving the doctor's office. Was she close to this guy? They were trading letters, right? Um, maybe. Or am I misunderstanding? I think I'm, I'm a little lost. There's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, she see uh, just because like she seemed more affected by this random dude's death. I was like, were they talking? I don't think they were. But Conrad nodded, moved to stand beside the bed, and removed his hat. He pointed at Jacob's shoulder. Ash gonna end you. Yeah, Jacob pointed at Conrad's hunting knife. Figure you can end it quicker for me. Your brother's still an asshole. See that? That's a reference to Abel, because he's Cain. It ain't his fault. See? He ain't never been quite right after he died. He knows about you, though. See? What, what do you brain. mean by this? Is this potentially a reference to SCP-999, the tickle monster? No, it's a reference to he killed his brother Abel. It's all, it's all up for theorizing. Leave a comment below, down below with your theory. Me, me feeling happy for pointing out the most <laughs> obvious reference in this whole tale. All right. Conrad grabbed the knife from his belt and plunged it into Jacob's chest. The man's chest heaved once and then was still. Conrad moved to clean the knife for some nearby rags and left the room to join Joanna in outside. An hour after Conrad... I was... Why would you mercy kill someone by stabbing them in the chest? That's an extremely painful way to go. For the, for the just, like, I mean, what, it's like end yes. someone's life with your own hands. Let's continue. Honestly, An hour after Conrad left. That. We, don't, we don't know who's listening. I do. But he won't be listening for long. I'm on my way. An hour after Conrad left, the majority of the room went wrong for a moment. There was a low hum as Jacob's body fell upwards into the air and then slammed back into the bed where the room's geometry became more sane. Abel sat up in the bed where Jacob had just been, cracked his neck, and a black pistol materialised in his hand. Cowboy Abel is actually oh. significantly cooler than normal Abel. I I honestly agree. So if you way better, I think they've got a, a different sort of thing going on with the game. It's like so if you kill Cain, Abel comes back as from Cain's body, I guess. And if you kill Abel, I guess the other way around. Yeah, it's like only one can exist at once, I guess. That's interesting. What strikes me as most troubling is just how appropriate your leaving is. I wish you could have stayed. I wish we could have built the family you begged me for. I cannot conceive of what the future holds for us, but I know my future doesn't lie down the train tracks in San Francisco with you. You're stronger than I could ever be, because I can't even try to leave this life. If I could cover the distance between us every night, I would. But it is wrong of me to hold you back if I will not go to where you are. Fly free, my beautiful butterfly. Find love where the world is warm and soft. I like to tailor your love to my stories. No one will believe you were as perfect as you were. Except of a love letter, Conrad Drake, 1875. No, it didn't work out. You guys a fucking simp. Damn. <laughs> Messed up. <laughs> How dare he feel emotions for another person? What an idiot. You some kinda you some kind of emotion feeling man. We don't take kindly to your attacks. I think he's yellow belly boss. Let's get him. 
Hold on, Glenmore. The sun was hanging low in the sky, but the fire above the mine was untended and burning out. Joanna and Conrad, already dismounted, walked towards the mine entrance. Both had their hands on at the gu- on on the guns at their hips. Uh, waiting for waiting confrontation. for confrontation. You got there. Um, sorry, I just got a text message. <laughs> Are you alright? Do you need me to ask the password? No, no, it's fine. Virgil, I know you're in there. The old man's voice echoed off the walls inside the mine. Take another step, Marshal, and I'll blow your goddamn head off. <laughs> Is that the Joker? Is that his voice? <laughs> yeah, the Joker? He, he, like, flips a Joker card in his hand. The old <laughs> Joanna took half a step back while Conrad continued to shout, This pretty lady here just wants to talk to you. We're outside town limits, Marshal. You've got no call to ask me about anything, pretty lady or not. She's with the UIU. You can talk to her or the next two dozen agents they send out here. There was silence for several seconds and a rustling inside the mine. Virgil shuffled out of the mine. He looked at Joanna and raised his eyebrows. What do you want? Joanna stepped forward again. Two weeks ago, a postal wagon on the road to Rawlin disappeared. Where were you? The old man shook his head. Yeah, I don't rob wagons no more. Can anyone corroborate that? Jacob Kane. Conrad shook his head. Jacob's dead, Virgil. Virgil rolled his eyes. How long? Long enough. I done told the asshole having deposits in his name was a bad idea. Joanna copped her head to the side and pulled the gun from her holster. You're under arrest. Conrad's eyes went wide. The fuck he is? You said he you need to ask him some questions. The rest. If I had a guarantee he's not behind the wagon robberies, he's wanting to go to. The old man's hands went to his belt. You better talk her down, Marshal. I'll kill her. Conrad took two steps back and pulled out his own gun, pointing it at Joanna. Look, you're new out here, so you don't know the score. He will kill you. Yana stirred Virgil down. Ow. It's complicated. A fourth voice from behind Conrad spoke up. It is very complicated. This is my... Who could it be? Virgil looked over Conrad's shoulder and saw a man in black with a gun trained on Conrad's back. Virgil pulled his own pistol, almost provoking a response from Yana. Virgil didn't turn his body, however, and said pointed at the new arrival. Abel, I need your brother. You'll have him. Eventually. No, I'm... Why is he Peter Baelish? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, my friends. Speaking of, my brother can make him real. No, I'm thinking now. You done married enough folk to bring the UIU down on my head. I want my share of the gold. Four of them stood there. Guns trained on each other for at least a minute while the sun sank further in the sky. Conrad spoke first. You gonna shoot me in the back, Abel? I'll make it a fair fight. Turn around. No. Abel pulled the hammer back on his black pistol. Then again, you did shoot me in the back last time. Virgil held his gun up higher as he spoke. We don't have time for this. The sun's going down. Conrad nodded and dropped his own pistol. Ah, no. I'm having trouble following this Mexican standoff. 
Oh yeah, hold on. So is Virgil the old man and Conrad's the marshal? Yes. And then there's Joanna. And then Abel. Right then, so they're the all same. doing that thing like the office where they're pointing guns at each other. Yeah, just like in the Abel's office. There. But then also there's like there are writers coming. Oh yeah. Unless yes. I accidentally read ahead of you. So we'll hide until morning and shoot each other then? Conrad shook his head. No, I'm thinking we fight the riders instead. Abel's body untends to bits. Virgil can't beat them. You can't beat them. I've lost three times. What riders? Joanna interrupted. Conrad dropped his gun as did Abel and Virgil. The 682nd Cavalry. The sun dropped below the horizon and the sound of hoofbeats began. Abel, Virgil and Conrad stepped away from the mouth of the mine and turned to face the riders in the distance. Conrad looked back at Joanna. I suggest you get out of here. Conrad pulled a few a red capsule out of his pocket and placed it into his mouth. I've always wanted to do I this. Love red pills. He's just having a little gummy, fruit gummy. <laughs> what about the law in Riddle? Joanna said, stepping backwards. You seem to care a lot about the law. It can be your problem now if you want. Joanna wasn't sure what to make of the scene in front of her as the three men stepped forward into the night. Abel, dressed in black, pulled a large gun from thin air. Conrad spun the chambers on his pistols to make sure they were loaded. Virgil let his dusty coat fall to the ground behind him, and he suddenly seemed smaller to her. He turned his head around fully to face her without moving his body and smiled a crooked, twisted smile. Her eyes went wide as she turned to run to her horse. The full moon rose from behind the dark riders, and the three men readied themselves for the battle. Abel laughed a bit. So what's the plan, Kondraki? That's in the... Oh, uh, yeah, that's one of the doctors. I don't know... Yeah, I figured. I've heard that name around. Don't call me that, Conrad paused. You fellas do what you want. I'm going to try to ride one of those horses. Uh, the, the meme is that he wants Road 682, so that's a reference to that. <laughs> what? Like, was it like a meme story once? Where he, well, not a meme. It was like a very much overtop story where he, want, he, read, he read Road 682. I, I will say, as much as I'm, like, this tale's pretty decent, even though I'm having trouble keeping it up, I feel like it kind of requires you to know Well, it's just, like, a funny reference. That's not, like, vital. No, no, I know, but I feel like, like, a lot of these characters are probably all related to something, and we only hmm. know, like, two of them, you know what I mean? It feels like I'm missing some of the context I'd be given. Yeah. Well, can I, um, pop this back to you for this last little bit? Yeah, I think I can finish it off here. I've clapped into my knees. The rest is up to you. I'll take it. And then the lights start flashing like all for one. We're almost an hour, by the way. We're four and a half. Three episodes, my eye. Three articles, idiot. Am I still drunk? I mean, yesterday. This is the second article because you said one of them was just the hub, which we did. Yeah. So we almost got exactly. It. So actually, we've done like three. If you really think about it, and if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness, and your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places, and give strength to your bones. And you will be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And those from among you, you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age-old foundations. Oh, foundation! Oh! Oh, you're right! Repair of the breach. Oh, 
breach off! Foundation breach off! The restorer of the streets in which to dwell. Isaiah 58, 10-12. Imagine if, like, Isaiah Joanne. was a real part of the Bible. That'd be crazy. Um, awkward. Um, Joanna stepped out of the... T- I'm thinking, if you look up, though, you'll see that the Bible they actually did predict something else in this passage. What else? Let me find the, the, the thing I wanted to see. Um, I am assuming a, wa- a fountain of youth no, given no, the no. water thing. What does it say right before you will rebuild the ancient ruins? Uh, what well, it says before is the water thing. No, immediately before that. I mean, in terms of the, the words before those. Uh, rebuild? <laughs> this is the most excruciating bit. This isn't worth it, but I can't stop now. Now, what is this? Oh, and those from... <laughs> From that's among you. Among <laughs> yeah, but it's from dressing us, so it's among us. Okay. <laughs> that was not worth it, <laughs> guys, ladies and gentlemen. If that was a, a reference the to the famous to Among Us SCP. <laughs> wow! After that came out, SCP really went down the shitter. I remember when SCPs used to be good and Bright was epic. Joanna stepped out of the telegraph office after filing her report. She had already decided to go back to Washington and make her full report there, minus a few details. As she stepped into the street, she noticed Philip the Drunk standing awkwardly outside the sheriff's office. She ignored him and made her way down the thoroughfare. Along her path to the train station, she noticed two thefts, a violent argument, and at least one dead body in the middle of the street. With no law, the town was already eating itself alive. Still, she had her job to do. She stepped onto the train station platform and noted that Mr. Cozen was still present, though he avoided her. That's Kane, right? Slash Abel? Um, I don't... I don't remember who's who anymore. Jake? I don't know. Philip? Though he avoided her. As she waited for the new... No, Cozen was the, um, the snake oil guy. Ah. Though he avoided her. As she waited for the newly arrived passengers to disembark, she observed them. These men and women had no idea what was in store for them here. The last passenger to leave the train was a tall woman with a prosthetic facial plate made of porcelain. She carried a doctor's bag with her. She'd seen the prosthetic in the past on the soldiers who'd received facial wounds in the war. She weighed, speaking to the doctor about her experiences of if they'd ever fought in the same battles, but decided to give the doctor a wide berth. As she passed the doctor from a fair distance, Joanna smelled the faint odor of rotting flesh. Joanna stepped onto the train and found her seat. She looked out the window at the town, sinking into chaos, and smiled as Mr. Cozen accosted the new arrivals. When she closed her eyes, she saw the doctor's porcelain face instead. Is this related to that mask, SCP? No, it's a tail. Mom. Uh, Joanna startled awake, stood up from her... Is that like the sequel to this one? No, the next one along, I imagine. Yeah. Joanna startled awake, stood up from her seat, and walked onto the train platform with her bag in tow. She looked down the thoroughfare, dusted her shirt off, rested her hand on her gun, and walked towards the marshal's office. Oh, so she's going to take over for the town after all? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Well, I would see that. That seems to be what's happening here, yes. I will say, um, I feel like this was a very long intro to the setting <laughs> rather than a story in its own right. I was going to say, happen. I like setting the ideas here. This is not something I usually, like, say. Because I, I don't usually, like, it doesn't really, like, 
stand out to me usually. I had some issues with the prose here. Yeah, like it was a little too description much. wise. Like I think the perfect example of my issue is when the riders are coming, and there's no never like an establishment of the riders what they look like, where they're approaching from. It's just that they turn to look at the riders in the distance. Yeah, and it's just like oh, they're there. All we recognize them by are the black horses. Yeah. Well, also like there's no there's not really much attention put into like their appearances, which to be fair, I'm bad at as a writer too. But I just mean that could but be like, like a really lot of striking image. Put... The moon's coming up, these like mysterious like Nazgul cowboys coming. But like, there's a lot of attention put to like minor things that don't matter. Like she dusted her shirt off, there's, dusted her hand. At the end, there's this extended walk, description like... of a doctor. Yeah. If it's like it's very bizarre. It's, it's strange choices. I liked it, but I think there were some strange choices. I, I tentatively will give this one a good because I think it's a setup. But as a story on its own, I didn't like it. But I think as like the intro to a canon or a series of tales, I could appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm also not one to fucking act all high and mighty. Um, I mean, it's better than either of the tales I've written. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel? Well, I told you. I, this I was just also told you how like I feel. Five years ago, right? It's been edited recently too by Ralliston. Well done, Ralliston. You did it. Oh, here we go. At least one of the doctors was the plague doctor because there's a tag for plague doctor mm. by the pig head on the things. Uh, look, I can cheat by looking at the tags to see who all the characters are. Hold on. How do I do that again? We have Abel, Kane, Doctor Kondraki. Uh, plague Doctor. So all we missed was the Plague Doctor, I guess. That or the others weren't tagged. Well, it seems so. Nice. We did it. Alright, well, that was the whole hour. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly... A, a, a fool's errand to say we were reading more than one. <laughs> Honestly, like you said, I like the setting, I like the ideas here, but I am not so far, like, enthralled with the setting. As much as I could be. But I think if you wanted to do more, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed. I could see myself falling in love with this canon with enough time and tales. How many tales is it? There's quite a few. Because I know it was pretty popular. And then from what I understood, because you know you hear things in the SB community, is that it was dead for a while, but then people brought it back after a contest. Yeah, there's usually there's the life cycle of canons. Yeah. So who knows? Um, alright. Well, thank you guys for watching. It's time to read some comments. Now, um, a little update for you. I should have put in the news at the beginning. So, I have a very long-running D&D game with a couple of my IRL friends. Uh, one this of guy's bragging that he has friends. It's messed up. I was, I was at his wedding. I'm very happy for him. However, his new life, his, his wife has decided that the only time he's allowed to play D&D is it Sundays on, or no, Saturdays at, at um, 1.45, which is usually when we do Havoc Moon. So, Havoc Moon's been moved to Sundays for recording, which means we have to record the podcast on Saturdays now, so you have an even smaller window of time to get yeah. your comments we, in. We let you get so comfortable, now it's time to speed it up, kids. Yeah, so, a sincere apologies to all of you regular viewers who whose comments probably won't get in this time around. There's only a few so far. Because it's been, I'm doing math, like nine hours since the last episode was uploaded. So I'm really sorry. But um, that's the, the, them's the breaks, uh, I'm afraid. So without further ado, um, let's read the 12 comments. Yeah. 
So first up from Breaking the Veil, which I think is Locke based on the yeah. profile picture, um, says, Definitely feel like Backrooms would be much more impressive if it stuck with some combination of a naturalist study notes combined with a survival guide rather than trying to adopt an SCP-esque framework. That's pretty much exactly yes. how I feel. I think we've said that in the um, episode as well. If, yeah, and I think if they do... Um, can Remember last night when you said, I'll upload the episode and do it right? I did. You, you put Glenmore as real instead of Gleemore. Who the, the fuck is Glenmore? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Glenmore, it's me, Glenmore. <laughs> I'm his cousin, It's his, his partner in crime. <laughs> the two bandits. Yeah. But yeah, that's literally exactly if how I feel If you have a haunted copy of I Red Dead Redemption 2, you may meet them. <laughs> Daniel Zakheim said, Not gonna lie, another back ROMs episode would be Pog, as the youngins say. Also, this is my first comment in a while. I actually agree, but I would I like agree, too. It is your first comment in a while. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be fun, but I think we would need to vet the articles, because I think we got lucky with our choices picking off the popular ones, but I think we would try to pick more that go off that naturalist study notes slash survival guide vibe that Locke mentioned um, that we were talking about, because I think that kind of pieces together a more interesting narrative than, like, the, the kites, for example, that we read. Yeah, I would agree. Um... Also, I feel bad that I kind of went in on Dune without knowing it was Dune. I don't think I was too rude about it, but I feel bad. You, you kept, like, calling him, like, names and stuff. It messed up. I never... I wouldn't know. Uh, Orchid Stream said... No, sorry. A Quaker Button says, If you no-clip through reality in the wrong places, you end up in the back rooms. If you no-clip through reality in the right places, you end up in heaven. No. That's a cool You end idea. up here. In well, you, you're not listening to a podcast. You're in my court right now. Well, now. Uh, Orchid Stream says, I feel like this episode might be the one where they get off track the most amount of times, LMAO. I would doubt that, to be honest. There are some where we just like have no clue what's going on. I mean, just, you, all you have to do is anyway. go to the Gombe Chimpanzee War. <laughs> yeah! That's true. Where we spend the anyway. I will. I, I will say what I will say is the majority of the episode off track. Yeah. All right. I will now finish reading Orchid Dreams comment. Anyway, what's with all these back rooms, front rooms, side rooms, or whatever? Just leave the room. Go outside. Uh, to which Guare said, "They are SC people. If they go outside, they die." Hamilton said, "Take it back." Comedy Man Kelp says. Upon opening my refrigerator, only to find the inside of it has been replaced by a portal to the back rooms, and a skin stealer lunges out and rips all my skin off. Um, that's not my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I love company mink help. Uh, Dinkle Dang says, ah, Tanhony's home must be on the five level. Whatever that means. And he has a picture of, like, Obama with, like, the jigsaw blush. No, it's just anime girl blush. Uh, the jigs- the, the said, iconic jigsaw blush. <laughs> Cute sweet Corgo says, Anonymous! I pointed him. He's real! Oh my god! Wait, what? Was he? Did he show up in the video? Uh, yeah, he was the guest. You remember? Please, someone please timestamp where Anonymous was in the last video for me. Um, edit, bless you, Tan. Edit, Isekai. Mm, let me in. Let me in! Uh, I love seeing y'all so silly and happy. Truly two little guys having fun. Anomalous, show us duck. Smile. Anomalous, would you please do it for me? Please. Anomalous. Put duck on screen. I display it. Aww. Wholesome 100, epic tan honey. And Anomalous writer says, wowza, it's the rooms that are back. Smile. 
JTKC says, it's back! Guare, who I think commented literally the second the video was posted, said, OMG, backroom's you real? You better not say with my mates. <laughs> I should have DM'd him to edit this comment. A special about writing for the backroom could actually be very cool, especially since the lack of writing experience in that particular format for everyone here means that there would be more challenge in it for us. Yeah, we could organize a whole thing about writing in the style we're talking about, although that would kind of feel like taking over the backroom's wiki for our own purposes, which, I don't know. I don't know. It could be fun. We need more territory. Um. <laughs> anyway, Tan, do you have any closing remarks? Closing remarks. Mm. Do what you want to do. Be who you want to be. The only person in your way is yourself. Wow. That's touching. Thank you. I have a gift for you. I know. My friend just sent me this. My just... In response to my kind words, Darnell has sent me an image of what I can only describe as the Monopoly Man standing in front of Big Ben and sipping tea with the text British Moment written underneath it. So that's the... <laughs> You can get a sort of measure of our personalities and values here. So I just like I just helped out all our viewers who were like sad, and now he's just bullying me. He helped them out by by just telling them to be themselves. What do you mean they were going to be other people? Now they're going to be themselves. What's the problem? Do you not like them? Do you want to be? Do you want to be someone else? We are two co-hosts. Problem? We are podcast co-hosts. Bro, oh, they are themselves. Man. Problem? <laughs> I don't even know what the thumbnail or title is going to be for this video. I want it to be yeah, like... Think of it, stat. Like, as, as close up of my face, but like really smug, and then next to it the text, bro, we are Tam's. Problem? <laughs> Alright, tell that to Hamilton. Okay. Um, For now, we will see you guys next time. Bye! Bye.